bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Hey everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the We Love Dad Movies podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Patterson, and this week we're diving into one of my dad movie action blind spots, Conan the Barbarian. Joining me to discuss John Milius' cult fantasy epic is Mr. Andy Gorham, the nicest man on action Twitter. When Andy isn't blessing everyone's timeline with some wholesome Star Wars or action takes, he can sometimes also be heard on other podcasts, most recently guesting, at the time of recording, on the Action Addicts podcast with Scott Wiley. I've been looking forward to this chat for a while, so without further delay, Andy, it's lovely to have you on the pod. Oh, thank you so much. It's, uh, it's lovely to be here. Great, great. So usually I start off these things by asking our guests um, what to them is a dad move. But I suppose before I do that, I should I should let you uh, talk a little bit about yourself and what it is you do and um, this little kind of fun action movie corner of Twitter that Dan has introduced me to. And yeah, it's it's really cool to see you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't I don't do much. I mean, I just like uh, like you said, a uh, been a, a lifelong movie fan tv fan but um action movies star wars really movies in general but you know star wars is, was my is my bread and butter it's what i love the most but after that it would be action movies and um in terms of what i do i'm a dad husband martial artist movie watcher i don't need to talk about work because work is boring and i'm on the weekend so i'm off <laughs> <laughs> it makes you uniquely qualified for this you're one of the few dads to have appeared on the dad oh, really? movie podcast oh, okay. yeah, yeah it, <laughs> actually today is my oldest 19th birthday so yeah hey that's A cool perfect day. uh yeah so i suppose i should uh get started off with the 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 hallowed question of the podcast what to you is a dad movie oh okay when i was younger i would have thought it's like just you know a mindless action movie that my dad watched or for him sound of music was like a dad movie because he loves the sound of music <laughs> and like wizard of oz so i didn't grow up with your typical pro you know dad watching uh movie fan but um now that i'm i'm older and now that i have kids um i have two different types of dad movies i have the dad movie that i can turn my mind off and just watch and have a great time and then there's the dad movie where it deals with like fathers and sons or fathers and daughters and like especially if they're around the same age as my kids then i'm like oh man this hits harder than it used to <laughs> so, so i have two different uh qualifications for dad movies totally yeah i feel like that the 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 action movie bracket and then like the the dad the dad core kind of narrative is like to the kind of springs to a lot of people i always used to when i used to watch movies with my dad and there was a dad in the movie and there was some peril happening to the child he'd always look across me in the living room and be like hey son if you ever kidnapped by terrorists that fucking kill them all, you know, that kind of thing. Like that's, that's a fundamental aspect of the dad movie bonding experience to me. Like that kind of, yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, when, uh, Dan reached out to you first, because I'm very nervous about asking people to come on the podcast. I'm like, does anyone want to come on the podcast? But he reached out to you and then we got in touch and, uh, we kind of talked about, you know, what kind of movie you'd like to talk about as, your dad movie um and i was so happy when you suggested Conan the barbarian because as a big arnie fan it's like my big arnie blind spot i have never seen Conan the barbarian until you suggested this for this so i was very happy that you suggested it and um i ended up watching it for the first time yesterday i had a great time um i didn't like even as a big combat guy as well like conan has kind of completely um been out of my circle of view as well, which is weird because I enjoy so much of the things that Conan embodies, that kind of pulp fantasy genre. Um, and obviously so much like from Marvel and DC in turn was influenced by those stories too. So it's kind of, it's it's one of those weird, one of those ones that I'm so glad to have actually like watched now, but like reflecting upon it, I'm like, man, it's weird that this never came into like my, my orbit until then. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that is weird, but guess what? It's always great when somebody can experience a movie for the first time. And a movie like this, I probably shouldn't have experienced it as, as early as I did, <laughs> if I think it's, back to it. But Yeah, you suggested it as a dad movie. It's like, I would have been so uncomfortable watching parts of this oh, movie with my nope, dad when I, I was younger. I purposely did not watch this with my dad. Although... <laughs> We may have seen it in an edited version on television, so it's one of those things mm -hmm. where it was like, 
oh, I know what scenes have been cut out from here. And it's, yeah, this is a little easier watching it with your dad at that point in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, Conan the Barbarian, for those who don't know, and I imagine there's probably not many people who don't know who Conan the Barbarian is. Um, Pulp Fantasy character introduced in the stories by Robert E. Howard in the 1930s, uh, span off into a whole series of different stories and adventures. Um, lots of films were being proposed around about the time, well, before this one was made. Um, with Dino De Laurentiis producing. Oliver Stone did an early treatment of the script, but this is John Milius' baby. Um, and yeah, it revolves around Conan, the titular character, who is... Um, he, he, he is like a legendary fantasy figure. He, at the start of the movie, um, we get this epic... And this is the other thing as well. I'm going in a completely scatterbrained thing here, but when the narration happened, I was like, man, this sounds like Aku from Samurai Jack. <laughs> and then... And then I looked at the back and was like, oh my god, it was Aku from Samurai Jack. <laughs> now, just picture me being a lifelong fan of this and watching the very first Samurai Jack mm. episode. And I was like, it's Mako's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, and, oh, it's such a killer narration. Like, um, when I when I put it on yesterday, there are some times where I watch a movie, like a new watch, and I'm like, I know instantly whether or not it's going to resonate with me. Like, I watched To Live and Die in LA um, last year. I think it was last year. It was either last year or the year before last year. God, time means nothing to me after the pandemic. Um, but the intro to that, where it was like um, like Wang Chung blazing and you got those great shots of this, the LA cityscape. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so ready for this. This with the narration and the pounding drums and like setting you up for everything. I'm like, hell yeah, this is beautiful. <laughs> How could you not want to go immediately forge a sword after watching that? Even though I have no skills in forging. It makes me want to go do it every time I watch this movie. 30 years on, I'm just like, yeah, it's and it's 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 easily rewatchable, I've found over the years. So it's one of those things where it's like the uh, the soundtrack just adds to the awesome visuals of just this giant forearm smashing down on this metal and then it forges a pretty cool looking sword. But then that would that would be nothing without the excellent soundtrack and those drums just gets my blood pumping yeah yeah i feel like that's the one thing you want from an arnie movie is it wants to make you like i'm a noodle armed creature by by nature so like it's never actually worked in practice whenever i watch one of these movies i'm like oh man i need to get out there i need to start forging swords and chopping trees and hauling logs (laughs) (laughs) i just need to find a a wheel of pain in the middle of nowhere and push it for 15 years and then i'll be as huge as arnold (laughs) <laughs> I love the names of things like the the wheel of pain, the tree of woe. Like right. I feel like these these phrases are going to be integrated into my vocabulary going forward. Just like if some minor convenience inconvenience happens, I'm going to be like, oh man, I'm really on the wheel of pain today. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm on the tree of woe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. Conan, cool fantasy hero character. Um, someone who I've never really like watched before or read before. But as far as introductions go, I want to say that this is a really good one. I don't know how familiar you are with, like, the comics and stuff and whether I like how faithful this is or... I I am not incredibly familiar. I bought the occasional comic as, you know, as a kid just because Conan looks cool and I knew the movie. Um, And actually, this is embarrassing to say, but I saw the sequel first Mm. before barbarian so the sequel which was directed by richard fleischer is like compared to this as pg as it gets it's like it's it's almost like this is this is in the same world but i was at a like christmas bazaar or something and somebody was selling like used tapes and i saw conan and me how could you pass up seeing arnold on the cover with a giant sword flexing so i was like i'll take that for three three dollars please and then went home and watched it and i was like this is cool and then like a year or two later i found out there was a movie beforehand and i watched that and it was just like i don't ever need to watch the second one again <laughs> it just that doesn't original compare. movie beat up the sequel stuffed it in a gym locker and was like <laughs> it put it on the the tree of woe and <laughs> and let the buzzards come and pick away at conan the destroyer <laughs> yeah oh my god i love that scene i'm looking forward to talking through that scene me too you. but yeah the uh the movie opens up with a killer narration describing conan's chronicles how he eventually rises to be this great warrior king um but it opens up with him being taught the uh, the riddle of steel by his father and we see that he's with his clan 
in the snowy wilderness, which is then attacked by the snake cult, led by, I want to say, I feel like this might be one of the earliest time, like, in terms of James Earl Jones's career, like, I'm so used to hearing him in Star Wars. And pretty much, like, and again, this is showing my own limited kind of Potentially limited scope here. The only other times I've, I feel like I've seen James Earl Jones in live action is in, like, 90s spy movies. Like, I've seen him in the Jack Ryan movies. I swear he shows up in Sneakers as well at some point. Um, but uh, I've Sandlot. never really... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I've never really seen him, like, um, earlier on in his career. And dude has such a great presence in this film. Um, which obviously you kind of want from a guy who's like um, called Thulza Doom, which is one of the coolest <laughs> names ever. I want to be that guy's friend and fear him. Um, not in the movie, just a guy called Thulza Doom. I feel like he, you know, he he'd be one of the boys. Um, but yeah, man, he he's so good in this, <laughs> and, and he's got such a cool look with that like straight long hair and those piercing blue eyes, uh, mm. bluish green eyes, and it's just. Um, and he just, the way he carries himself, like, yeah, he's in charge. He doesn't have to get his hands dirty and stuff like that. He just kind of stands back and lets everybody else. And then he just rides in and then the, his people part ways and he just comes walking up and, um, yeah, it's just, it's from the minute you see him, you're just like, Ooh, this is, this is cool. And then when you're younger and you find out that's the voice of Darth Vader, you, you flip, you flip the fuck out. (laughs) <laughs> 10 times over because you're like oh my god two of my favorite worlds coming together <laughs> <laughs> totally that opening sequence really does help establish the tone um of the film as well like i wasn't i didn't expect this one to be as violent as it actually ended up being which maybe was a bit naive of me um because i think like i watched it on disney plus yesterday i think it's like rated a 15 there um and there are some it gets it does not waste any time getting into the gore um and we this massacre of the village it really is ruthless so we get like um guys swinging giant mallets bonking people on the head um and then you have that total cowardly move from Tulsa where he beheads Conan's mum where he's like Mm, psych and then comes back and just like chops her head off and that's such a great scene because I love the way that Milius focuses purely on Conan and his reaction to this because it totally, it totally sells the idea that like, oh, this is now going to dominate his life. Like that is the one act that he is focusing on. It's it's revenge and like, yeah, I I, I love it's such a great moment because you're right. James Earl Jones's like piercing glare is so good, um, so intense and. Yeah, no, I fully bought that bit. As well as his poor pops being mauled to death by dogs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, armored Rottweilers or... I mean, it's crazy seeing them run at him. I was like, ooh. Ah. But yeah, no, that, that scene stuck with me too because you see young Conan just holding his mom's hand and then you see the hair fall and it's not... there. there there's no blood spray. There's no... It's not an, an incredibly violent scene. But then she, her hand just falls out of his and he doesn't look down at the body. He just keeps staring at the hand and it's like... And then he looks up and sees the little, you know, sigil of Thalsa Doom snake cult. And you're like, oh, yeah, that that's burned into his retinas forever. And he will stop at nothing to destroy that sigil. So, yeah, exactly. So after this opening sequence, um, we go to the Wheel of Pain, the much talked about Wheel of Pain, where Conan is forced to churn on the Wheel of Pain for <laughs> many decades until his early 20s. Um, and we see him... Again, I love the way they show the transition of time here. Just him, you know, slowly churning away at this wheel. Um, occasionally, it'll like flash forward and, and we'll see a new actor inhabit. So we see Conan go from a, a young boy to an adolescent to to the young man that Arnie was at the time. Um, and really grow and become this uh, this this absolute unit of a man. And it was quite interesting reading up about this yesterday because, again, I'm a total Conan novice, but reading about the production and being told that, like, oh, yeah, Arnie had to slim down for this. <laughs> Which right? I find so funny because he's still so yoked. <laughs> oh, it's huge. Um, the actual uh, original DVD, and I think the Blu-ray, has an amazing commentary by Milius and Arnold. And, oh, brilliant. And I guess that Wheel of Pain was so counterbalanced, right, that if... Are, if you pushed it hard, it, it had no resistance whatsoever. So on the backside of it, they had five or six guys just trying to stop Arnold from pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And one other cool thing, they were they were going to have the bones of the kids with him hanging in the shackles that were left, like those who weren't, you know, taken by anybody. And I was like, oh, my God, that would have been awesome. But then wow. Milius went, that almost seemed a little too much. And then when you watch the rest of the movie, you're like, that was too much? <laughs> Some bones? But it just further proved how uh, just kind of how much thought went into it. And just, you know, you're, they're in the middle of a desert and they build this gigantic wheel that works and grinds grain but it looks so menacing and it looks and the sound in that in the soundtrack there's all these like metal scratching sounds that just add into oh this is just hell on earth for this kid Mm, yeah and so after after being on the wheel of pain for so long his his owner um takes him into the deep dark underbelly of gladiatorial combat um and this is where this so i only know i only knew like a few a few conan quotes before this i feel like there's that that iconic youtube arnold schwarzenegger quote compilation video where it's got all of them so i knew the um destroy your enemies see them driven before you and and enjoy the lamentations of the women there i also knew Crom, help me if not then to hell with you i know those two bits so when this came when this came up i was like oh I, 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 I'm fully, I'm in my element again. <laughs> yeah. And and it's funny because those are kind of the two main lines that Arnold has because he doesn't speak a whole lot throughout the movie. And I think it's done number one by choice, but number two, I think it really adds to the fact that this isn't just a mindless, you know, killing machine. Conan's a very thoughtful person and we'll get to that later. And yes, and actually sensitive. I mean, sensitive enough that when they, they bring you women, that he at least shields them from all the watching eyes. <laughs> but I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about, like, the gnarly, the gnarly stuff in this film, um, the bit that kind of, like, so I'm already there. Like, at this point, I'm already like, oh, hell yes, this is brilliant. We get the gladiatorial combat sequences. And then he is freed. And he comes across the the witch um, in, the, in the hut. And she's all there like, I have information, but it'll cost you. And then, so they, so they obviously have sex. Um, and then she turns into a crazy cat person halfway through that <laughs> while giving the information over. And then he's like, oh, fuck. And then throws her onto the fire. And she's that cackling. stunt woman like 10 feet in the air. <laughs> and, and then Arnie's butt naked holding onto his sword. Like, yes. oh, oh. And then she leaves cackling as an orb. And An I orb just of thought, fire that runs. Wow, through, yeah. Um, I, I sent, I sent that. Well, I, I messaged to my friends' group chat. I was like, "This is what. This is the movie I'm watching right now. This is the scene that's just happened." And everyone was like, "Oh, we've all been there. Everyone's you know <laughs> had that happen to you. You know, been down with the witch, and then they've um, just turned into a, a half cat hybrid and tried to kill you." <laughs> I'm like, apparently, I don't have that effect on women. So no, that's never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then prior to that, when he actually finds his sword, when he's freed and he's being chased by the wolves and whatnot, that's kind of cool that he finds this like old, oh like, yeah, Atlantean tomb and like, and like clearly the king like sealed everybody in there so they couldn't leave and it was like, oh, that's creepy when you think about it more. When you're a kid, I'm just like watching guy, he's got a sword and that sword looks badass. But then later on, you're just like, it's a very quiet, thoughtful scene because of course he just kind of like you know he looking around and the music swells perfectly and then as he grabs a sword and smashes all the stuff off of it and then from that point forward it's like okay now conan can move forward with what he needs to do have sex throw witches into fires and then meet his best friend after that which is really good which that relationship with jerry lopez was great for me uh character named um uh subatai yes and he just took really i mean I like how their friendship forms. I like how their friendship grows, even just from them running. I was like, yeah, that's how, like, cause you know that they've been running for days and weeks. We don't know how long, but clearly they've been talking a lot and things like that. So I just, I like those moments in the film on top of all the other cool Conan action stuff. Cause it, it just makes it a full movie where you can show somebody and say, look, there's thought and, you know, thought that goes into this, not just how can we make Conan kill stuff? I have to say actually like, as much as the I enjoyed the violence in this film, like the thing that, that I enjoyed most was the the relationship between the three leads between Conan and is is it Valeria the yes. the yes and between Valeria Conan and Supertie like I loved I loved how well they got on. There was that kind of like so the thing with Conan is that obviously when he was in captivity, 
he has been given like all these different philosophical texts so he's been reading and educating himself and stuff um and he is like a sensitive man so when they all meet and there's kind of that there's there's that i just love how kind of like well they've all these three characters and obviously like you don't need to know what subutai and valeria have been through before they meet conan but the fact that they're all such kindred spirits indicates to to you quite simply that they probably also had a massively rough time as well. So they use that kind of shared almost like trauma to already have like, oh, we've seen the world, but we're strong enough to kind of like, you know, carry on and do our own thing. So the time that they all meet each other in Zamora and then Conan and Valeria kind of have that romance romance. It's like, oh I fully I fully buy this. And I I was reading up on like um you know, critical, contemporary critical responses to the film and how people were criti- critical of Arnie's performance and and everyone else and, like, you know, other performances in the film or whatever. But it's like, I was watching this, like, no, I I really fully bought this romance in particular. And that's not something I can often say for 80s action movies, but it was one that I was like, no, I, I really, I really, really like Valeria as a character. And I think that, that Arnie kind of that those two had a really good chemistry <laughs> yeah i yeah totally and the fact that she's kind of we meet her and she's you know his equal immediately it's not one of those things where you have to you know she's she's there to also steal this and like she kind of mocks them she's like you you guys didn't even bring a rope what are you idiots like <laughs> and then, um and they kind of like like you said form this kind of immediate bond of like let's work together to get to to steal stuff from this you know thing and then that's a really crazy scene when you're, you know, scaling down and then you see that giant fake snake that looks pretty darn good. I um, love for that its snake. Time. And then, uh, and then you see Arnold look up and he sees that, you know, Thalsa Doom vigil or the, you know, the snake cult logo. And he just can't break his trance from that. And he has to pull it. And then the snake wakes up and they just have to take care of it. And apparently, and I'm going to quote a lot from the actual commentary because there's some fun stuff in there, but that was really that was really Arnie under there with a sword holding it up when they were shooting arrows and it was actually Milius who was shooting him right over his shoulder into that fake snake. Oh my god. That's really, that's like, like Throne of Blood esque with right. uh, Mifune. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yeah, you're not gonna nowadays you're not gonna put your main actor underneath a fake snake and shoot arrows at him. <laughs> that snake is beautiful like uh, people who haven't watched conan who love snakes you're probably going to be in for a bad time because there's a lot of snake murder in this <laughs> i feel really bad for them. like that big snake is absolutely terrifying but part of me was like oh he just needs a hug he just needs a hug right. can't you try and give him a just give it and i felt so much after he kills the snake and obviously it comes back into play later in the movie it reminded me so much of um oh who's the rancor keeper in return of the jedi Malakili, oh, is it yep. Malakili? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just reminded me so much of that. It's like, oh, this 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 monstrous figure. He was looked after and raised from from a small little snakeling, and you killed him. And it is. It's like, well, I would be pretty pissed if someone came yeah. into my cult temple and killed my big buddy snake. <laughs> yeah, we only missed that nice scene of the his snake keeper just crying afterwards, like, uh, 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 and he's being you know <laughs> consoled by all of his buddies. <laughs> But but it, it also I like that it showed how like far reaching this snake cult has become, um, and then after that, how many movies do you see where your main hero is like drunk, hungover, and his face just falls right into porridge? Like it's just so dis- and it's the grossest looking porridge I've ever seen in my life. It looks disgusting. And he's it's just very like gray, and there's bubbles because he's breathing. It's like wow, okay, and it's just like one of those things where I'm like, wow, I don't remember a lot of movies nowadays. Like I. I don't think The Rock or, you know, Statham and all those guys would would show themselves in a state of being just totally smashed, hung over. And you can't do anything when these back when these guys show up except pass out in your porridge. <laughs> You're totally right. And this is the thing about Arnie. And I say this quite frequently on the podcast because I think he's a genius. But like that whole element of being able to make fun of himself and have fun with his, his presence. And yeah. I think, if anything, Coden shows just why he became such such a great action star um just someone with an immense physicality to him but someone who who knew how to use that physicality in a, in all its different ways and it's just um he's just so great in this and the thing that gets me with conan is that like even though he is a fierce warrior the thing that i 
that I my the biggest takeaway from watching it yesterday was just like he really nails the sensitive aspects of the character. You see immediately that this guy is a tortured boy who lost his family and is kind of set his sights on revenge you know and um he encounters love along the way which almost comes as a surprise to him like he finds kindred spirits which he maybe would have thought that that wouldn't happen mm-hmm. um and i i love that i love that journey for the character it's it's what it, my probably my favorite thing about the film right and then one of my favorite bits after that they meet you know probably the one of the uh most the greatest uh speakers in all of cinema history max von Sydow, who is just chewing up every bit of dialogue he has in this but it's like he's a king and they're in this cool like nordic type you know viking-esque castle type thing where there's like you know i mean the the set design on this is cool i mean you can look in the background and just spend you you could watch it just to look in the background and look at all the awesome sets and everything that went into it um because there's you know like giant trees that are lining the whole thing and it's just like it's like yeah this looks like of that time and then just he has such a cool presence about him and the way he's he talks and the way he just carries him he's like i i salute you and there's just in his laugh i'm like i could watch just a movie about him yeah and he's just dishing out the rubies and he's all like there comes a time where even the shadiest of jewels lose their sparkle or whatever i love that but yeah, this, the set design might be the film's biggest strength. I think it's, um, like, I haven't really watched many kind of fantasy epics from, like, you know, from, from the 70s or 80s. I'm not really, it's kind of like, not really something that I've watched much of. But So this might be a really dumb statement that I'm about to make, but it kind of felt like a throwback to, like, the, the kind of biblical epic and, like, massive historical epics that you got from Hollywood from, like, the 40s and 50s. You know, it really is... On the the scale of of the set design here and everything else, the costuming, all of it, it's so impressive. I couldn't believe the amount of extras that they were working with, like during some of these scenes, like the um, when Conan's infiltrating the Snake Cult for the first time after kind of uh, leaving Supertai and Valeria behind, and he's you know, th- there's so many actors in, involved in that, and all on location Hundreds as well. Of, yeah. Like it's 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 so great, and I think the. Um, the locations that they scouted for this, like perfect, perfect approximation to that kind of, you know, dark age kind of, you know, um, vibe. Like it works so well. I totally bought into the fantasy world that was constructed. Yes, I agree. And then, um, yeah, when he, when he leaves and that, uh, title on the soundtrack is called the, the leaving slash the searching, it might be one of my, I mean, next to anything that John Williams has made, nothing else moves me as much as when he's just, you're just watching Conan ride his horse across different vistas. And it's just, the music is, is absolutely beautiful. And it's just every time, like once or twice a year, I will YouTube clip that and send it to my good friend who uh, moved away a couple of years ago. And I'll just send it to him. I'm like, it's that time of year again. And he just writes back and he goes, <laughs> and he just always writes. He goes, it gets more beautiful every time I hear it. <laughs> Cause much like you, he, he didn't see Conan growing up and then we became friends and I'm like, well, you have to watch this. So I like forced it upon him. And he was like, that movie's amazing. I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, but the, uh, soundtrack's great. And then I like the voiceover again during there. Cause anytime we can hear Mako just, please more of him because he's awesome but this movie uses it just enough and you that you want more but they don't give you more which is excellent kind of leaves you wanting which is yeah smart i'm looking at the because you're right the score is amazing so Paul Darius. yeah yeah i hadn't even realized the amount of movies that he's done that i love like Robocop, uh, Robocop, Hunter <laughs> for October, Starship right? Troopers oh Starship Troopers oh. his soundtrack for that is oh the drop scene I know we're talking yes. about Conan, but man, the oh, death through drop scene. Well. <laughs> I love Starship Troopers. I think yeah. I think that would qualify as a uh, modern day Dan movie for sure. Oh, it absolutely does. I mean, I operate with a very broad definition here anyway. So if <laughs> it's too. a movie I want to talk about, it's kind it's of a, a Dan movie. movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, Starship Troopers t- totally counts. And again, t- totally, totally massive tangent here, but I'm going to ask you because I think there's a good chance that the answer is yes. Did you ever watch the Starship Troopers cartoon series when that came out as well? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of course I did. I was like, wait yeah. a minute. Yeah. more starship troopers that's uh... there was there was a period in like 
late 90s, early 2000s, where you could somehow have animated series for Men in Black, Godzilla, and Starship Troopers, and it would be the best, like, triple feature, like, Saturday morning ever. <laughs> That's true. Although, when I did grow up, I had some of the best Saturday morning cartoons ever, like Muppet mm. Babies, uh, Thundercats, mm. Transor Z. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I've been blessed that every every different, like, kind of path in my life for every different, like, status, I'm like, okay, I'm a, I'm a little kid. Sar- you know, Saturday morning cartoons are great. I then get to school, and then after after school, you got Batman, you've got Spider Man, mm-hmm. you've got X Men. I was like, I've just been blessed. And then as I get a, a bit older, I get Samurai Jack, I get Clone Wars, I get this, and then then, then I have kids. And I'm like, hey, guess what? We're gonna watch Thundercats. We're gonna watch He Man. We're gonna watch the. And my kids are just like, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> they should be blessed. This is an education. <laughs> oh, trust me. When we when we get to the end of this, I'll tell you what their thoughts are on Conan because I have oh. I have forced him to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. So yeah, I I forget where we got up to. So they he he goes off on his 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 journey yep. and then he he meets Mako, doesn't he, there. Yeah. And um I love that kind of I love I love that first interaction because it's just kind of like they're having that little bit of a standoff and then they're both just kind of like, eh, bullshit you <laughs> Gotcha, buddy. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's funny how quickly Conan kinda forms friendships maybe it's because of all of the time you know isolated you know if you want to break it down or it's just the fact that like conan's a no nonsense no bullshit guy and you can kind of get a good read on somebody from the first time you meet him and he's like sure yeah this guy's cool he gave me some shit but then we kind of laughed about it so now we're good and it's like and you know and mako's like "Ah," like that loudest (laughs) scratchy voice and he's telling him to leave and then they both just kind of giggle and then you know, he's asking him about Thalsa Doom and the snake cult and stuff, and Mako actually knows about it, so he's able to help further him on his, you know, journey. So it's just a really cool character that looks visually cool, but also plays a huge role as the movie yeah. moves on. Like, more than I would have thought when I first watched it. I was like, oh, this is a cool wizard type, or, a, you know, character that we just meet who says he's a a wizard. <laughs> yeah, totally. I kind of, yeah, no, I was I was surprised by how ensemble this was, I guess, as well. Like, I... I really do feel like the um, that central triumvirate of Sipataikon and, and Valeria, like they they I feel like they all share like equal kind of maybe Sipatai a little bit less than than Conan and Valeria, but I feel like they all get like really great moments to shine in mm-hmm. this film, particularly as we ratchet up into the final act and you know they're having the assault on the the snake cult you know headquarters and going from there but yeah uh, uh conan my my gut instinct is just to call him arnie it's like arnie it's actually arnold schwarzenegger arnie tries to infiltrate the cult uh and then they catch him because he's holding on to the um the the sigil that was left behind at the the temple in um zamora i believe it is and um Wait, let me let me think back to what the crazy witch bat cat lady was saying <laughs> while she was while she was climaxing i think it was the zamora <laughs> I'm not doing that impression. Nope, um, nope, nope. Can't but, <laughs> yeah, so he gets discovered and confronts Sulza, and that's when all the kind of anger and emotion and sadness really pours out. Like, he's being... It's a very brutal torture sequence, considering it only happens quite briefly. Like, we see him getting stomped on by the two powerhouses. Um, I forget that the actors names but they also have great presence here um the the big guy with the beard was a football player i think his name mm -hmm. is ben davidson davidson and then yeah and then his other one uh the guy is uh sven ole thorson who is the shorter stocker he was actually arnold's like training buddy they like train together yep interesting but yeah they're like they're like torturing him um And it's yeah, it, it's it's rough because <laughs> by that point, we've even though Conan had taken some some slight L's, he'd really been prevailing, and and here he's just getting absolutely at his, at the one moment he needs to have a win. It's um it's all going against him. Yeah, he's totally mangled. Like you don't see like you you had mentioned. We're not talking you know Passion of the Christ here. We're talking afterwards, but he's all bloody. His robes are all ripped. He's on the ground. And yeah, the guy just kind of just stands on his hand. And then you find out he's the one that, you know, Arnold killed the snake. And then you see him and he's got a, a snake around his neck and he's petting it. And it's like, you feel even worse for the snake. Because the, the snake was just doing what snakes do. Yeah. <laughs> snake was having a nap, man. And then you yeah. came into his you bedroom. You woke him up. Invited. You sweat on him. And then he wakes up and you kill him. 
It's like when in black again, it's like, he's not snarling, he's sneezing. <laughs> Maybe the snake was just trying to show him a way out. Exactly. We don't know. It's like, hey, buddy, I'm so excited to, oh my hey, God, I got so many people down here. Down here. <laughs> I just keep on throwing down naked ladies. I mean, but you're... <laughs> oh, but that's, that's another thing too, where like, Thalsa Doom tells him what the riddle of steel is. Mm, and he's like, yes. it's not steel. It's the, and he just calls for the, you know, a, a beautiful young woman to just jump off of a cliff and kill herself. And you're just like, ooh, like as a, a kid, it's weird. But I don't think of it much because you're just like, OK, let's get to where Conan gets back. But then as you get older, you're like, wow, there's a lot of depth to that scene and a lot of like, you know, scary just, cultish stuff. <laughs> that's what I say. So a thought has just come into my head, um, you know, this movie coming out in 82, you know, post 1970s, during which, you know, we'd seen in history quite a few scary cults pop up you know this is only a few years after like jonestown and yep. and and all that and um that that's an historical that's a contextual dimension i hadn't really thought of when i was watching it yesterday but it's like you say like the whole cultish element to this because i was kind of watching it yesterday it's like you know purely pulp fantasy comic but it is kind of interesting coming out of that you know it's there were certain aspects of it where it was like oh he seduced my daughter to go away and be a part of this hippie snake commune almost like <laughs> right? it's it's and like that is um, that is an element that it, it's it's interesting how it's almost about like you know how how cults operate. Like, there's more that goes into that, and like the whole yeah. No, I'm I'm kind of rambling here, but it's just like I find it interesting that the movie came out so quickly after that kind of period where we saw like those elements um kind of really come to the fore. And yeah, I don't know if you had anything <laughs> to add to that or anything. <laughs> no, not nope, not really. But it's just also cool that this movie is uh so thoughtful on many ways but also you can just turn your mind off and watch it too like you don't have totally. to necessarily deep dive on this stuff if you don't want nope to. but you can like we're doing mm. now we're like, <laughs> i would not have thought we would have talked about jones uh jonesville today but hey here yeah, we are yeah. <laughs> um but i think all all great movies at least have layers whether or not they you want it or choose to think about them you can like people like you know lucas will say star wars is for uh, kids and yes it totally was and it totally is but guess what we're all kids at one point and those kids grow up and those kids can look back at what Star Wars taught them or what they learned from it and what they gleaned from it. And you can dig deep into it if you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like poetry. It rhymes. It rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tone poem. <laughs> I feel like I need to get you on here just to talk about, um, again, massive tangent because I want to do some Star Wars stuff on here eventually. Um like Return of the Jedi was my dad's favorite one, um, and obviously it's the 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 fortieth anniversary this year of that film. Um, but also the Fat Menace. I feel like I need to like I want to do an episode specifically on the making of Fat Menace, Fat Menace documentary because it is like the <laughs> I love that damn documentary. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be like <laughs> a really funny one to talk about. Um, oh, I, if I may, real quick, my favorite mm-hmm. part in that uh, uh, Phantom the Menace Gungus? documentary. That, nope. <laughs> Uh, that 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 part's up there is when uh, they're filming the the fight between Obi Wan, Qui Gon, and Maul, and Ewan McGregor falls off. And he goes, he goes, you know, he just looks at the camera. He goes, they they asked me if I wanted to say to fucking ride. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was like, ah, oh, which I was so tangent, so happy to see him come back to it the last couple yes. years and like embrace it because I know when it first came out, he was not incredibly happy. Yeah, at I mean, that time, yeah. but you know. Time heals all, all exactly. wounds. I mean, Axelson's back that... for Doctor Who. I mean, at least doing voices. So time yeah, heals yeah. all wounds. Yeah, totally. I mean, I was a kid when Fat Menace came out. So I've been bat- batting for that movie since I was three years old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I, I had, was, oh, okay. I had, I was I had all the judges. 19 merch. when that came out. So I Damn. was. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. My kids are enough. I don't need to hear it from you, too. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's one of those things where I was like, yeah, this movie, like, I went and saw it at 19 and all my, like, friends. The first time we saw it, the first night, they're all like, that's Star Wars. And then weeks weeks later, they were like, mm-hmm. boy, that really wasn't that good. And I was mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? I saw it 24 times in it's the It's almost like narratives have a hold and they can kind of It's really... almost like it's yeah. like poetry. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like it's like poetry. The poetry of Conan. Um, yep. Yeah, back to Conan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, Arnie um, is getting tortured, and then he gets attached to the other great name in this film. We've already had it from the wheel. I want to introduce these like wrestlers. It's like oh we my had God. The, the wheel of pain, and then now we're getting the tree of woe. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. 
Yeah, so yeah, he, gets, that seems, he gets crucified. <laughs> that seems vicious because you see him and it's like his skin's burnt from the sun beating down the on him. The peeling skin. Yeah. Oh, and then the buzzards just bite. Apparently those were the buzzard that he bit in the neck. They, it was a dead buzzard. So oh they God. like, so they kept rinsing Arnold's mouth out with like mouthwash afterwards and like stuff. And I was like, what? <laughs> so they must have put animatronics around the dead buzzard then. Surely. Yeah. Oh my god! They, so I mean, he just grabbed I, the neck real quick, and then put it, and then they quickly I, cut take and. Rip. I do have to say, I feel sorry for the buzzard as well, man. He was coming in; he's just doing what he's doing. He's like, "Hey, just being I mean, a buzzard." <laughs> I mean, I don't want you to go to waste, my friend. So I'm going to start chowing down, and then he, <laughs> poor guy, gets absolutely. <laughs> it's like Arnold wakes up. He's like, "Ah!" <laughs> also, you see the the size of the nails that they put in his hand. Like it's oh, it's painful. Yeah, and painful. The, and that his legs are kind of spread, so there's nails in both feet. I mean, you know, there's there's always the, you know, the uh, the image of Jesus on the cross. Sorry for the, you know, and it looks it, it looks horrifying. But then when you see this too, and he's all just spread throughout, it just it oh, or just baking yeah. the sun on that tree. It looks you're just like but, oh, that would be a horrible way to go. But the other thing I I like about that scene, and again, it's the same thing with Christ-like imagery on the cross and stuff, is the idea of it showing strength. Like, you know, like, Arnie mounted to this tree in a lot of pain, but, you know, the way they shoot him, and and it's basically, like, it looks like, it's the the one movie that I've watched that had a Frazetta poster for it, that I was like, oh my god, this literally feels like a Frazetta poster watching it. Like, the way they, they capture, Milius captures Schwarzenegger's, like, physique on that bit, it's like, wow, this is... This is like raw power. Like, even though there is a chance that, you know, he might die, obviously he's not, he's going to get his revenge in the end. But watching that moment, it's like, it's, it's perseverance and endurance and showing like, you know, his biggest test becoming the, the legendary warrior king that, that he would become, you know, it's, um, I love that. It's probably one of my favorite shots in the film. Um, cause it is like, it is, it is like, oof, you like kind of having a little bit of muscle cringe watching it. But at the same time, it's like, wow, like that is that no one else could have done that role. No, no. And and it also shows that strength in the fact that he's dying and something's pecking at him and Conan will just fight till the very end, um, you know, literally. But also, you're right. There's few actors at that time or even now when they're stretched out in a weird body pose, can they still look muscular and intimidating? And like, you're just like, God, he's and huge <laughs> and then i love it when he just looks off in the distance and he thinks he sees something but he doesn't know and he just starts laughing hysterically till he dies and then all of a sudden music swells and who shows up his good buddy and it's like yeah and it's like you know we in in action twitter and we always talk about you know act um directors that hook their actors up and man milius hooks everybody up multiple times like that scene of him running through the desert is super heroic because we know he's here to to save his buddy but he's also too late now what's going to happen oh we're going to go do some weird magic <laughs> yes yeah i mean i love so yeah super Sai gets him but he's unfortunately kind of bit the bullet and they take him back to valeria and marco and he then uh conducts a ritual that's going to pay a price um it involves evil spirits that will resurrect um Conan, but may also try and also just grab him just take, take him. him you're like hey he's ours now i mean you know just leaving a spare arnold schwarzenegger lying around i mean we'll take it off your hands i mean you know right. um <laughs> and i love the i love the effects here and this is like this is such a great testament like obviously i'm not one of those guys that's all like anti-cg although i do think there is um an over-reliance on the form um and a lot of kind of modern movies you know partially due to unionization aspects and, and, and costs and budgeting and whatever. But this movie is such a great monument to practical effects and what they can achieve. And then the, the actual like visual digital effects that they accomplish here with the ghosts themselves and the spirits. Um, beautiful. Like the animation that they have on those is, is just, it's so, it's so great. Like it, it feels like an actual shadow. Like the animation makes it feel like a, like a shade. Uh, when they're they're clinging on to to Conan to keep him and try and wrest him away, like, and and the, and everything's going red and the night, oh, it, cinema. <laughs> it it looks like a Frank Frazetta painting come to life. Like you see with the way that those things are drawn and their arms are like skeletony but not bone. It's just, it's it's very interesting. And then I, 
maybe it's because I saw it when I, you know, so many times, but if I'm ever really focusing down and I'm writing on something, there's times where I'll start going like, like trying to like, you know, <laughs> kind of mimic Mako's, like just kind of chanting while he's painting his face up. And how long did he have to sit there to get painted up? Even just for that scene. It's not an incredibly long one, yeah. but like all of his hands and his face that are, are not covered. And, uh, I, I like that kind of mythos that they'll only take what's, what's not, what's, exposed so that's why he has to kind of draw the you know symbols on it and whatnot but oh, man it's such a excellent scene and then man after that's one of my it might be the coolest scene in the whole movie for me just the because there's silence except for the awesome music and just arnold looking at his hands swinging his sword doing the kata that he's learned forever and then just puts it away and then just staring off into the distance and i'm like i've had so many friends there go yeah Conan is just big and dumb. I was like, no, he is most certainly not. <laughs> My guy is a king. He is a king. Yeah. Cut by his own by his own goddamn <laughs> hand. So he's smart. You can't just do that. Yeah, so basically Conan comes back, um, but with the 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 ominous uh, words of Mako kind of lingering over everyone's head that this is gonna exact a price in some way or another. Um, and at that point, they they all start their assault on. They all get camoed up, don't they? And that's when they start to head over into the the freaky snake cannibal orgy. <laughs> I have always sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I no, have always ahead. wanted to t- tell somebody this, and I've always felt bad. Subutai's putting his own camo on while Arnold and uh, 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 I think her name's her uh, real name Sandal Bergman are like painting theirs on so theirs looks all cool and crisp and he's just rubbing it on and it looks all terrible i'm like you guys couldn't help super tie out like make his <laughs> make his his camo look cool too ever since i was a kid i don't know why i'm like well why isn't why isn't somebody helping him because <laughs> he's he's just he, he just wants to I, maybe that's kind of like indicative of his character like he doesn't take as much care of himself that's maybe very true yeah. too or he's like this is my own thing you guys have yeah. your stuff i've got mine yeah um and yeah and you find out that the snake halter are cannibals yes and they're making a big green broth and it's Ooh. uh yeah oh and she picks the hand and just starts gnawing on the fingers i to this day i'll just kind of cringe <laughs> at that it never it never ceases to get me it's so funny though because i feel like when they're looking at the cannibalistic orgy that's going on right now none of them seem that phased by the cannibalism they're all just kind of there having their big tech savory Ooh, a wooga. <laughs> <laughs> the way <laughs> arnold's eyes widen i'm just like Oh my god! <laughs> Almost like, hey, maybe after we're done with this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe the snake cult brochure is telling me this happens every Friday. <laughs> Friday, yeah. <laughs> um, but even as as we talked about before, the uh, the set design, like even them sneaking in, like there's so much. I mean, granted, there's a lot of like you know naked bodies that are strung up that are you know being uh, de. Justined or whatever you want to say, <laughs> but uh, but even that, there's like so much to just see in the background. Like it's not just there for the sake of being there. It's like it has a purpose in the story they were telling, and it just looks visually cool. Yeah, totally. It's um the the the, uh, the, the set design here. I could like literally. I feel like this is one of those movies. Like you could do it with a lot of films, but like this is one I would very much enjoy watching it with like just the sound off completely and just absorb the imagery. Like it is that beautiful. Like every frame is marinated. Um, the, the one thing that I dislike about this film sometimes is the choreography because I feel like it could be a little bit more. I feel like it needs to be a little bit more kind of like I want to. I want it to draw out a little bit. I want to have some more duels because I feel like a lot of this is like one and done kind of you know really effective looking gnarly bloody kind of you yeah. know confrontations. But I would like a little bit more kind of intricacy maybe in in the duels. Okay. But overall, like that visually, I can, yeah like, okay yeah <laughs> yeah when you uh, when you. Um... Uh, message me saying you know some of the uh you know choreo i was like oh don't even get me started <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but now that you've had a chance to explain yourself which is yes. again people why when you read comments the whole you know sentiment of what they're stating is not there but yes no that doesn't make sense i would love to see more i like the exactness of it and how quickly he takes people out because you're like oh, okay this guy's a swords expert so yeah he shouldn't be sitting there take you know kind of you know like mm-hmm. on uh, Game of Thrones. They're not going to take extra swings yeah. if you don't need to. But the action part of me does want to see some some extra swings from time to time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when they when they when those swings land, they land hard. And the uh, oh, I the feel sorry for some of those is... stunt guys because some of those swords, like Arnold, hits them right in the clap, like 
you know, collarbone. It looks like the sword just goes. I was going to say there was a lot of collarbone slash like throat blows in this one. Like that everyone's like great. The, yes. the throat just open up, and not to dwell on the violence, but I mean, there's a lot of craft that goes into being able to film that all in camera, mm-hmm. and it yes. looks so cool. There was one. One of my favorites is during the sequence where they're they're kind of you know massacring the snake cultists. And um, I'm fairly certain. I'm fairly certain it's Conan. He's taken on two guys in the actual pit itself. And one, he brings the sword across, and there's very obviously like a blood bag in like the stomach of this guy, and like it just blooms Burst. out. And I, I love that. <laughs> it's really cool. Yep. That one always sticks out to me. And the one that I like most, or my favorite moment in that, is um, Subutai when the music starts to swell, and he taps that guy on the throat or on the uh, uh, shoulder, and the guy turns around and he just gives him a slash. Oh, and, yeah. and, you, and you see his throat but then after that when he's going down the like steps he literally like takes some guy out with like two or three super crisp clean moves and you're just like oh this looks this is exactly what i wanted from conan <laughs> yeah yeah totally so yeah they, they go through that um tulsa transforms into a snake in a really really cool moment of you know practical again like the special effects here are just brilliant i love the way that they they transition James Earl Jones's face into the snake, and I do find it funny how it's like, oh, he transforms into a snake to get away. It's like the snake isn't—it's me—it's getting—it's getting away very slowly. <laughs> Shoot it, cut it, hit it with your sword or something. <laughs> yeah, but they find—they find the uh, the daughter of the king that has um, been seduced by Tulsa, and um, on their way to escape. Annoyingly, Thulsa pulls out his his best move yet, which is uh, he's got some wriggly snakes, and then he can just <laughs> straighten them out and, and fire. turn them into arrows. Like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> I do cool. not like snakes. So the fact that somebody could turn one into an arrow and shoot it at me, and then when it gets pulled out, it turns into a snake oh, again. It's like, uh. <laughs> yes, it does burrow its way deep into Ooh. poor Valeria. Um, and this is the toll that Mako foreshadowed earlier on, and unfortunately. I mean, she goes out like a champ. Like she, uh, like she, she's dying, and she knows that she's dying. But she's like, she knows that she's done it to just save the life of the man that she loves. And yeah. she's like, if I'm gonna die right now, let my last breath be be a kiss with you. It's like I totally buy that these guys oh. are fucking crazy about each other. Me too. It. Yes, yes, they're into each other so much. It's like it's one of those things that it it works earlier on when he leaves and she's holding back tears and then when she finds him and then i mean the fact that she's just willing to fight off you know demons for him when he's you know being uh resurrected but then this too and this comes after her awesome shot where they're all running away and she just stops and like pats her sword on her hand and takes out dudes left and right again at this time frame i'm thinking back and like next to cameron who else was putting females in such strong roles that were equivalent to the males and sometimes even better in some cases in terms of like her sword stuff she's phenomenal so totally agree um and then i like that moment where she you know she says let me breathe when i was a kid i was like that's cheesy but as you as you get as you get older though you're like as you oh, become yeah, a hormonal older as you man. become a hormonal you're like oh yeah please breathe that last breath <laughs> yeah no i love that bit and, and obviously she gets another great moment later on which is um Again, I love the briefness of her return as well. It is like blinking, it's perfectly you miss it, done, and I love it. Um, yep. But yeah, so after that, we kind of um, my we, favorite we, scene of the movie, geared up for the final confrontation. If you want, yes. if you want to do go into the synopsis here and get into the intricacies. Sure. Oh, thank you. No, my my favorite scene is right after that is the actual burial or uh, funeral pyre scene of yes. Sandal. I have quoted this so many times to my friends when something happens, like when. Um, Subutai runs the torch up to him and then he lights it and then he comes down and then Mako turns to him and he goes why do you cry? He goes because he is he is he is Conan. He will not cry. So I cry for him. There's been so many times where my my friend says something and I'll be like you know he'll say oh he doesn't he doesn't do that. I was like he doesn't do that because he is Ian but I will I will do that for him <laughs> and they know what I'm talking about but mm. it's just a quiet scene and I love that he goes fire won't burn up there and never has never will and it goes off without and then arnold rips off the old kind of uh jewel uh jewel or his old um gladiator oh yes yeah necklace piece and then he puts the jewel on and then man we are off to the races with i 
with Home Alone before it was Home Alone. Every you know, like <laughs> the awesome setup of all their different traps and all their different. Uh, how how I just wonder how long it took them to get that ready. Like the actual yeah. set designers, like e- e- even if you had fifteen people, there's like a hundred of those like sticks that are cut down. It just it looks so visually cool. Yeah, I was reading up, like, I hadn't even, when I was watching it, I hadn't really considered, like, the Seven Samurai kind of, like, you know, similarities. Oh, but wow, I didn't even picture that either, all this time. Integrated, yeah, so, like, that's kind of, it's a pretty cool homage, I like that, I like how it works. Uh, as well as the unintentional homage from Milius firing real arrows at Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> we, we deserved a close-up shot of Arnie realizing that they're real arrows, like, <laughs> um, Oh, and this also during that whole prep scene, after they get everything prepped, I love the scene where... Arnold's just sitting there kind of staring off in the distance with his hand on his, you know, or on his uh, chin, just kind of thinking. And the, the daughter's behind him just screaming at the top of her lungs how Thalsa Doom's going to come. She's going to kill mm-hmm. him. And this the, and he just kind of turns and looks and then just turns back and just kind of looks off in the distance thinking and contemplating. And then we get the probably the coolest, the coolest prayer of all time. And if you do not, then the hell with you. <laughs> yes i mean crumb is a great word to say aloud it is it crumb. is i'm i'm very mad that um our action twitter buddy uh liam named his dog crumb and i named mine ewok because mine's really tiny oh. but if but i but i i think back now and i'm like ah oh, crumb would have been even cooler because he's a really small tiny dog and like his name crumb would have been great oh. Ewok's <laughs> but, a great name <laughs> but ewok does does is a phenomenal name and we can just call him and like my whole family calls him walkers instead of <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah he's just a cute little thing but i was just like man crumb is a good name for a dog too mm. so yep yeah yeah, but, uh, yeah and i love that that prayer it's quotable it's me- it's uh memorable and it's also like conan just going look i've prayed he goes i don't pray but this is a very important thing so i have to pray for it and if you don't help, fuck you. I'm just going to kill yeah. him anyway. <laughs> and yeah. man, that scene's that, I mean, we talked about the cool blood bag earlier where you see that guy's stomach burst. Man, when that first horse rider rides past and gets an axe to the throat, it's just blood everywhere. It's like, that, man. Uh, that and the intricate, um, the kind of like, I don't even know what you would call the name of that trap, but the spinny tooth horn spear thing. Oh. And it's impaled on him and it's kind of like coming through and he's like, ah, ah like The that. noise that, he, that the actor makes is perfect because he's just, yeah. and then Arnold just kind of pops his head up and he's like, that looks really painful. I mm. guess you shouldn't have stepped on my hand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, um, and, you know, he takes a blow from the mallet, which kind of wounds him during this sequence. Um, and he gets cornered by one of them. And then that's when Valeria shows up as like a, as like a Valkyrie. Yeah. Um, it was in that moment. It was really dumb. I was like, watch that. I was like, Oh, is that Red, jo- Red Sonja? <laughs> it's like a completely different thing. Um, but yeah, great moment great moment and then i like that's after that's probably the most intricate fight that we get and i like what you're talking about and you can see the the heft of those swords because when they're swinging it they're not just like clanging off of each other it's just like boom boom and i love when the guy swings and arnold just ducks and then slashes his stomach then just cuts him down more times than need be and then when he hits there's just a big stream of blood that just shoots up out of the out of the bottom frame and then he grabs his father's sword, which he broke in that fight, which is cool. I, you know, we didn't talk about the actual symbolism mm-hmm. of him yes. breaking the sword that his father made, but then doing his old gladiator pose, like kind of paying homage to all that has come before leading up to this. Mm. I love that scene. I hadn't so. even thought of that, but yeah, no, it's like he, he, the moment he breaks the sword, it's like, he's he, not only is he, <clears throat> and he takes it back. Not only is he reclaiming what was taken, it is like a symbol of the fact that he is a new man. Now he can start his own journey. He can make his own destiny. He can, he can do what he wants. He's not tethered to any one person, um, which is really cool. Um, yep. cause yeah, Dulza tries to kill the kidnapped, uh, daughter, uh, and fails thanks to good old super tie um and then we get the final com- uh, final final confrontation where we finally get conan you know he infiltrates the the temple once more and comes face to face with with Thulza, who is like don't you understand i'm your dad i'm your daddy like you know this is like <laughs> i'm the one who made you you would be nothing without me and then he just yeah. kind of stares at him and i like that for a minute 
Conan's kind of like, oh shit, he's right. He's kind of right. Fuck. Um, but also, you 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 <laughs> cut my mom's head off. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. yes. And, and uh, like producing the head, and then I love the thunk that it makes oh, that rolls. Thank down you. The That's one of my favorite sounds in all of cinema. It sounds it's so gross, but just like bop, 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 as it rolls down, and then I like that he just takes his father's sword, drops it because he's like that's part of my life's over literal mic drop moment yeah literal and then as you mentioned probably a couple hundred extras who have to get up holding these candles and just you know put them in the the well that's there and then just arnold watching this happen it's and the music is slow and beautiful and then he grabs the little torch thing and then does a you know and we talk about him looking you know awesome on the tree that might be the coolest shot because it's filmed from the ground up and he's swinging almost like a uh you know um olympic hammer throw and then he just lets it go and it burns up and then he carries the princess back i there's a part of me that likes to think he carried her the entire way back (laughs) (laughs) but he's just seen carrying her off and then we get uh i mean i guess if you're going to end a movie that started with an awesome narration you're going to end it with an equally awesome narration love that i would honestly watch the entire movie if it was just mako narrating a still image of arnold posing (laughs) on that throne (laughs) yep yep the only thing that pisses me off about it though is that we were promised you know more adventures Mm. while we got one in a, a sequel and i do like to shit on the sequel but i'm also you know me i'm the most positive person on twitter or try to be there's things that i can find to like about it but it's just totally different. It just has a different overall feel. It's more campy, pulp, you know, kind of uh, fantasy. So it does have its place, but it doesn't compare to the original. And I, from a kid, I want to be. I want to see Conan with a beard become king. And I don't. <laughs> I don't know why the beard was so important, but it was just like they it just choose. that end picture looks so cool. Like they need to Arnold do an needs, old man Conan they movie. Do, they do. Arnold needs his Creed moment, like. Slide yes. and I think yes. King King Conan or something like that could be that for Arnold. Yeah, oh man, I'd be so hyped for that movie. <laughs> you and me both. Arnie, Arnie, would, Arnie should be doing more movie stuff, man. Like I want to see him do be. more. I thought The Expendables two would be like the big return for regular Arnold Arnold Arnolding, but yeah, no, I, King King Conan would be great because like the King Thor comics are like some of my favorite from the adjacent Aaron run and I feel like that takes a lot from Conan as well given obviously Aaron was a big fan of Conan but yeah um that was that was Conan the Barbarian that was we got through it and it was a great time absolute classic a magnificent that masterpiece gets thrown around a lot and I'm guilty of saying everything's awesome and if people watch me they're like this guy likes everything I'm like yeah because I don't talk about shit I don't like (laughs) (laughs) because life is too damn short it is I, I I yeah I try to be um there are some things though that irritate me that you have to talk about, but for the most part, when I'm you know when I'm talking about movies, I'm just going to focus on what I love. And man, next to Star Wars, Conan might be the movie that has informed me the most in my you know young adolescent age till now. And the fact that I can still watch it and to watch it to the point where my wife will literally just be like, Conan again, <laughs> <laughs> like she came home last night and I was watching it for you know today, and she just went. She just she just looked at me and I was like, um, I have an actual reason this time. I'm talking about it tomorrow on a podcast, so I have to watch it. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh man, I, I mean, if I can say anything, um, your love for this movie has really shone through like the last hour. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear your code and thoughts. This is the zenith of what I want this kind of the essence of what I want this podcast to be is just uh those good vibes and i feel like you have brought plenty of the good vibes today with this COVID chat thank you i will end it with a bad vibe in that when i showed my uh kids they both went yeah okay (laughs) 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 and i was like like, well i guess this is this is this is how it was meant meant to be did you pray to crom before you showed it to them no and that's what i didn't i should have because then i could have at least said the hell with him afterwards when they didn't like it but (laughs) maybe maybe it will grow on them with age (laughs) they may need to see it without dad and i and i did leave leave the room when the you know (laughs) when the the, when the witch see i was like i'm not gonna make it awkward for you but i did pop back into you know like i made sure to pop back in and i was like wasn't that crazy (laughs) so i just made it awkward so maybe it is my my fault (laughs) maybe it's one that people could enjoy 
Maybe it's it's a good hanging with the boys movie. Maybe it's like it's it's a a good uh, I will enjoy this solo and and I will hear my dad's wisdom in isolation and I will come back to appreciate it with him at another time. I'm thinking so. I'm I'm hoping in like five years my yeah. oldest goes. So hey, dad, I just I, I just you know rewatched Conan and you were right. That movie's awesome. And yeah. I'll be like, I did something right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, cool, great. Um, this has been the Wheel of Tabby's podcast. Uh, Andy, where can everyone find you online? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they can find me at Twitter, at, uh, at Andrew M. Gorham, and uh, Instagram, same thing. So those are the two places that I'm most, uh, most active on. So, yeah, if you want positive, uh, you know, always shilling my uh, friend's podcast, just tune in to me. <laughs> Oh, absolutely hard recommendation for the Andy Gorham uh, follow, folks. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely worth, uh, definitely worth that follow because you do you, you brighten my timeline. It's a lovely thing oh. to do because the the timeline itself it can be a little, you know, especially in these these Musk moments, it can be a little bit draining. So I always can appreciate um, some good, uplifting movie related positivity. But yeah, this has been. The Wheel of Dad Movies podcast. Before we sign off, I want to give a quick thank you to our patrons. Thank you, George Jackson, Thomas Mulgrew, Shaka, and Josh Brown. Remember, you can go and support the Wheel of Dad Movies podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Wheel of Dad Movies. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Wheel of Dad Movies. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan Ruins Things. And if you're so inclined, you can also go join us on Letterboxd. I'm Ewan Patterson there. Um, but yeah, this has been Will of Dad Movies podcast. Uh, I'm not going to enunciate Will of Dad Movies. I'm just going to go with uh, <laughs> the um, We will see you next time. Uh, see you, Andy. See you. Thank you. Bye.